Hey there. Welcome to episode 30 of ATL and 29, the podcast that looks at the NBA from the starting point of Atlanta. My name is Kevin Chenard. Today's guest is Larry Luke, member of the Hawks' sixth man section. We did a podcast on the Wizards' side of the playoff series with Ben Standig yesterday. Today, we're going to talk about the Hawks' side of things with Larry. It's an interesting conversation. We've got some audio from Kent Bazemore and Dwight Howard. Thanks for joining us. Today's sponsor is Poli Mortgage Group. Poli Mortgage's Rates Integrity Service. down the playoffs today with Larry Luke, who is a member of the Hawks sixth man fan section and who also runs the social media accounts for Hawks bros. Welcome back, Larry. Hey, thanks for having me. It's exciting time of the year. Playoffs. (laughs) It is the playoffs. Um, Since you're a repeat guest, we're going to punt on the three quick questions and just change them to three other questions. And since okay. it's the awards time of year, I was going to ask you for three of your awards picks, starting with Coach of the Year, which seems like there are like 14 decent candidates for that award. Sure. Well, I I can't really give it to Steve Kerr. I can't. I don't feel good about giving it to Brad Stevens, to be honest, just because uh, – feel like they stumbled into uh where they are at number one um and pop hasn't really coach popovich hasn't really done anything that's not typical of him so i i just would feel weird giving it to him but so i've got a low-key pick for you um how about quinn snyder in utah he was my preseason pick i i thought that he might win it I don't know if if he's still going to have the buzz, but but that sounds like a perfectly reasonable pick to me. Uh, they're I mean, they're a real team out there in a in a real conference. Yeah, they're 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 playing in the West. What did they lock up the five or the four? They're four or five. They're four or five, and they're with with the Clippers. Yeah, and like they they've been overachieving, you know, um, with a group of ex Hawks, Sheldon Mack and Joe Johnson, and then. Um, just Gordon Hayward, all-star and, uh, getting the most out of, uh, Rudy Gobert. So I just, I think that the Hawks definitely miss him and I think he's just been flourishing out there in Utah. So I'm going to give it to him. Sounds good. All right. Is that your cat? That's my cat, Jackson. <laughs> Hi, Jackson. I was worried my dog was going to be a guest on this podcast because everybody else in my house was trying to sleep still. And I figured the dog <laughs> would come hang out with me and bark whenever it heard a neighbor going by. So we, we might <laughs> have cat. all kinds of animals on the pod today. My cat's 18, so he's been through a lot of Hawks playoffs. Wow. <laughs> That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> you don't look old enough to have an 18-year-old cat, Larry. Well, I got him I got him a long, long time ago. Wow. All right, yeah. so how about uh, most improved? I think this one's tricky, too. Um, most improved player, I was going to, again, say uh, Rudy Gobert, because, man, Ooh, he's yeah. just so fantastic. 
but um, I don't think you can deny Giannis Antetokounmpo. Sure. Um, he's leading the Bucks in just about every stat that matters. Um, what rebounds, steals, points, assists, blocks. Um, I, 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 you just got to give it to him. He's they wouldn't be in the playoffs without him. All right, let me ask you this: if if you had your pick, mm-hmm. and your goal was to knock the Cavaliers out of the playoffs, okay, would you pick the Raptors or the Bucks to meet them? Should the Cavs get to the second round? Ah. <sighs> Man, that's a tough one. <laughs> We're ad libbing some hard questions for you. Yeah, I mean, I guess last year we saw the Raptors kind of face off with the Cavs already, and they had their shot. Um, but I don't think they got that much better this this year. So I can't really say the Raptors. I'd have to go. You know, I'd have to. I want to see what the Bucks can do. Okay, very good. All right, last but certainly not least. Uh, because it's probably the most prestigious award. Who's your MVP pick? MVP pick for 2016-17. Oh, I've got to give it to Mr. Why Not, Russell Westbrook. There you go. How many triple doubles? 42. 42, I think. Yeah, that's that's just insane. I mean, <laughs> he he's, he's just a machine. Got to give it to him. Sounds good. Sounds very good. And he's also. Uh, Jordan athlete, so gets my favor there. <laughs> Very good. I ha- oh, are you going to Kicks Fair today? Um, I am not. I'm uh, going to watch the Atlanta United match with some friends. Um, Excellent. Yeah. So. All right. Well, uh, let's turn our attention to the Hawks. I All wanted right. to start you off by playing this clip of. Kent Bazemore talking about coming off the bench. Uh, if you hear the questions being asked here, I, I usually play the questions that I ask, but this is these are some questions that I had that were asked by other people. So you'll hear Eric Yeboah and Chris Vivlamore uh, asking Bazemore some questions. You know, this is much bigger than me. Uh, you know, it's all about production, and uh, it's obviously Tim Hardaway is having an amazing year, and you know, I'm happy for him, and uh, you know, I'm doing whatever coach needs me to do, and you know, we're winning. Coming off the bench is fine with me, you know. I'm, I'm, and that's just surprising me. You know, I'm a very unselfish player, and uh, it's always about the team first. So uh, I'm happy with it. You know, coming off the bench, playing with, with Dunleavy, uh, Jose, Malcolm, uh, Muscala, uh, it's, it's it's fun. You know? How does the team feel with Torian possibly being starting during the playoffs? Yeah, he's that rookie in there. He's doing he's doing well. He's playing really well for us. He's, he's making shots. He's defending. He's, he's playing with energy. He's doing everything we asked him to do. And, um, you know, it's all about, you know, it's not even about who starts, it's about who finishes. So, um, you know, I've closed a few games here and there. So, you know, it's it's still, you know, you're still getting opportunities. It's just, you know, your name not called. You know, the game. So, it's basketball. Yeah, I want to put up. Did Coach have a conversation with you about it? I don't know, man. You know, I don't ask questions. I just, you know, show up and do what I'm told, man. Like I say, you know, doesn't bother me at all, and actually, uh, to an advantage, you know, I think works in our favor that I you know, come off the bench, uh, you know, starter, come off the bench, you know, yeah, playing in second unit guys, you know, it's a little bit easier out there, so, uh, 
good for me right now. Okay, Larry, what do you think of uh, what Baysmore was saying there? I got to say, uh, there's a lot of NBA players that um, probably wouldn't have the response that Baysmore has to coming off the bench. Um, you can tell he's uh, egoless or has a very small ego as far as the team when it comes to the team, um, which I love um, considering he's got such a big contract uh, last offseason. But he's putting the team first, and um, I can't deny Torian Prince has been balling straight up. So uh, I think it's a lot of benefits to see Bazemore come off the bench, play against the second unit, um, probably will play a lot looser. And as long as he's finishing the game, um, I think everyone can be happy about that. Uh, I mean, not hearing his name during um, pregame intros is a little bit interesting just because we love <laughs> we love chanting his name. Uh, the Baysmore chant is one of the more popular ones in the six-man section. Sure. But, but I'm sure we'll still find a, a way to um, give him some props during the game. So, um you could hit your wagon to him. You could be the sixth man section rooting for the sixth man. <laughs> That's true. If he, <laughs> if he is the sixth man off the bench. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, he probably will be either some combination of him or Urson. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was intrigued by uh by some of the stuff that Bazemore said, especially the part about, you know, him him being still really important and probably he'll be out there finishing a lot of games. He's going to have an important role in the series, I think, and we'll talk, I think, a little bit about it later. But you know, in some of the cross matches, if they want to put a bigger body on Wall, you know, Bazemore is one of the ideal candidates for that. Sure. And uh, you know, I, I think it makes sense a little bit to start Prince, just in the in the sense that they really want to play Hardaway for offense, but then they need somebody bigger out there with him. I think if you play Hardaway and and Bazemore, that's a pretty small combo to start out there on the wing. So if you've got Prince, you know, you're going to have a bigger body out there to rebound, protect the rim a little bit, and yeah. guard some of the bigger players that might be out there with him. And there's, I mean, Prince, I mean, he's just defensive-minded, and uh, he's just been playing so well. Like, it, it might be nice to just give the Wizards a different look with starting with Prince. You know, they may have been game planning for Bazemore all season, which is probably why they went three and one against the Hawks. Um, so, just kind of mixing up that rhythm might be a good call. Yep, yep. And you know, kind of keep a good thing going. They've been playing well of late, and Prince has been a starter in that. So, so why yeah. mess with a good thing? Exactly. <laughs> Bays is still going to get his minutes, twenty-five plus minutes per night. So, oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. All right, so here's the part that I have less of a feel for. Um, okay. The one thing that's really, you know, sort of perplexing to me is trying to figure out what the Hawks are going to do with their backup point guard position. Sure. Um, where are you leaning? I mean, it could be it could be Jose Calderon. It, it certainly could. I mean, you look at it, and you know, I like I like uh, Malcolm Delaney for a lot of things. You know, I like his pull up jumper. I like the way he passes the ball in a way that it seems like 
players shoot better when he passes it. Like he hits them so perfectly with the pass that it just kind of gets them in rhythm and they, they do well shooting it from his passes. Uh, and on defense, he's just, he's like a savant. Like he knows what the other teams are doing when he's a defender out there. So he just makes a lot of the right decisions and moves his feet to get over screens and things like that. But then Calderon, you know, as good as, as Delaney is on defense, Calderon is that on offense just in terms of he's such a great shooter. He's so good with motion. Like, he's always moving to the right spots. He can give the – you know, one of the things I think the Bud has prized over the years is a point guard who can make the right pass and then go run and cut off screens and be a threat as a shooter, move through the offense and come back and get the ball again. Uh, I yeah. think that's something that he really likes and Calderon does well. He does that really well, and he he finishes at the rim very well too. I think it's something that's not talked about very much. But if there's some kind of like awkward layup thing happening, Calderon's probably going to hit it. So um, I've been really impressed with that as of late. So if you know if the Wizards or you know the Wizards acquired Brandon Jennings midseason. Mm-hmm. And they've been using him as their backup point guard. If that's the matchup, how do you make the decision between Calderon and Delaney? Um, that's a tough one. It's like, what has he seen before? What is he used to? You know, what are the, what's the history of um, Calderon on Jennings and vice versa? Um, I don't know what that is, um, but I imagine it's probably going to be a combination thing so whoever bud goes with in game one might not be the same person he goes with in game two as the backup point guard right and you know i think another thing is you know should the hawks advance it's not the same players from series to series you know i think we saw that last season you know they they played boston and chris humphreys had just no role against boston boston went too small played too many shooters and you know he needed people who were quicker defenders at the at the big spot, so he used Muscala a lot more. And Humphreys had no role in that Celtics series, but all of a sudden Cleveland came along. You know, Love and Thompson were killing people on the on the glass, and all of a sudden Humphreys was you know a key cog once again. So yeah. my guess is that we're gonna see Calderon against Jennings. I think they 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 like Calderon a lot, but they hesitate to use him on bigger people that he might have to defend. And, you know, Jennings is only 5'11", so in terms of size and, you know, how much defense he would have to bring to the table to defend Jennings, I think that's probably a good match for Calderon. But then, you know, if they advance to facing somebody in the 1-5 series, you know, if there's Marcus Smart or somebody like that in the next series waiting for the Hawks, then maybe you don't see Calderon as much, and then you go to Delaney. Yeah, um, I I totally agree. Like, it, playoffs are all about how your team matches up and how you can adapt. So, um, I wouldn't has I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Bud um, experimenting a little bit and um, finally arriving on one or the other. All right. So, uh, yesterday I asked Dwight Howard about being a teammate of Marcin Gortat for four years when they were in Orlando for the first four years of Gortat's career. Um, I asked him if there was going to be 
a sense of familiarity that would help one player or another in this series. You play with Marcin for four years. Does the familiarity of playing against him in practices and something, does it last six years later to now? No, it's a different game. Uh, it's, it's, it's different, you know, uh, different systems and stuff like that. So too much to focus on the past, you know, the moment is right now. Okay, so that was pretty much a non-response or a deflection. But what do you think about it? Do you think that the memories of those two guys playing against each other in practice day after day after day uh, is going to have any kind of role in this series? Um, I'm sure there's some familiarity there. Um, of course, you know, when, the last time they played together in Orlando, was that like four years ago? I mean... I think it ended in 2011. Okay, so even it was six years. Yeah, I mean, players players grow and adapt, and you know they they either increase their skill or decline in um, physical ability. So I think there's there's probably some tendencies that they're both used to exploiting on each other, but you can't count on them being the exact same player as before. So they're you know, there, there's still some unexpected things. Um, I do recall maybe Dwight, Dwight and Gortat or Dwight, Dwight had a pretty, I mean, he played pretty well against Gortat at least early on, on this season. Um, yeah, I thought so. so I think maybe that's more of a, uh, confidence thing for Dwight. If he needs to just deflect answers and focus, um, I'm all for that. <laughs> I mean, like uh, a focus-driven Dwight like we've seen against the Boston Celtics is the Dwight that I want to watch play basketball every night. So um, hopefully that's what we get. Uh, All right. Yeah. So yeah. Um, you've got me intrigued a little bit here. Uh, so I'm digging through basketball reference to find out what Dwight did against the Wizards this season. Um, you know, I, I, I'm kind of excited about this matchup. You know, I looked at some of the other matchups in the Eastern Conference, and, you know, I don't want him matched up with somebody who can kind of do the inside-outside thing. So, mm -hmm. like, if the Cavs were to play Love and Fry together, I don't like Dwight Howard out there. Because <laughs> uh, he's got to guard somebody who's a three-point shooter. And, and Toronto, you know, initially I thought, you know, Toronto would be a great matchup for Howard. But then they traded for Ibaka, and if they play Ibaka at center, that's probably a bad matchup for Dwight too. Yeah, I mean, you'll if you remember just back to the last week, um, like fourth quarter and overtime against Cleveland, we didn't see a lot of Dwight Howard then. So, um, I, you know, the starting lineup that Coach Bud rolls out is not the same lineup that he finishes with. So. Um, yeah, regardless of how much Dwight plays, I don't think you'll see him a lot at the end of halves when they tend to use Millsap with Ilya Sova or possibly Muscala. Mm -hmm. Oh, man, how good has Ilya Sova been? Goodness right. and, and But now Muscala had an amazing April. Yeah, he did. <laughs> so it's, you know... I, it's, it's a good time. Everyone's, everyone's peaking. Everyone's playing very well. Yeah. So. All right, so here are Dwight's numbers against Washington. I think these are very encouraging. He averaged against Washington this season 14.3 points, 14.8 rebounds. Double-double. 
He shot 54% from the field. And he had an offensive rating of 105 with a defensive rating of 93. I mean, those are outstanding numbers. I agree. I mean, you know, I, I would still be a little bit hesitant to use Dwight in certain situations, but I think as long as Gortat is out there and they plan on using him, um, you know, I think this is a series where he can fit pretty well. Yeah, I mean, look at it this way. <clears throat> in Orlando, Dwight was the starter and Gortat was his backup. And I still think that Dwight is a better player than Gortat is, even this day. So, um that, that, I think that's all you need to say right there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, you know, the Wizards have uh, an injury situation that's also going to affect what they do at the center spot. They're typical backup, and, and they're sometimes game closer. You know, we talked about which centers close games. They don't use Gortat to close games that much. They have tended to use Jan Mahimi there, but he's out seemingly at least a week, which should scratch him from two, probably three games at the beginning of this series at least. Mm -hmm. Um, What if the Wizards are using Jason Smith, who seems like a guy who now can, you know, bang around a little bit inside. He's seven feet tall, and he can also step out and shoot a little bit. Does that match up favor... Howard, or would you expect that they do something different or, you know, use the bench players when, when the Wizards go to their bench? I mean, I think you see how it matches up with, with Howard, but if Jason starts hitting jumpers from the outside, then maybe you put an onus on some of the other guys to get a hand up in his face somehow, um, try to distract the shot, um, and if that doesn't work, then maybe you have to go to a different lineup. Okay. But one thing I don't, I don't like it when we can't dictate our 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 style of play and what we want to do. Okay. Um, you know, like if if Jason Smith's going to try to pull Dwight out of the paint, then why don't we just on our offensive side, why don't we bang it inside and and, and enforce our will on them with Dwight? So I think there's some. Uh, things that we can exploit too. Uh, that's not necessarily all in the wizard's favor. I say we, it's like, like I'm on the team. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the post-up game can be good. It can get kind of clunky at times, but you know, one of the things that it does pretty well is it, is it can get the opposing team into the foul bonus uh, mm-hmm. kind of early in the quarters, which can sometimes help the Hawks a bit at the end of quarters when Absolutely. Howard isn't even out there, but, but they could take advantage of it. Absolutely, and if and if Howard hits some of his free throws, I mean, that that's going to be really great for us. We're going to win some games. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I I guess I would, I mean, if we're up to me, I would pick some combination of you know trying to use Howard as much against Gortat as possible, not playing him as much when when Gortat isn't out there, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, but also trying to mix that with what they've done all along, which is use them at the beginning of quarters and not use them at the end of quarters when they might be in the bonus and they might be shooting more free throws. Yeah, I'm with that. And it's it's so funny because, like, our team is so 
has multiple personalities. Like when Dwight's on the floor, the game tends to slow down a little bit. And if that goes well, you know, that's, it's great. It has a lot of benefits, but then other times when Dwight's not on the floor, that ball, at least over the last month, it flies around, all the players touch it and we hit some jump shots. Like that's a completely different look for a team that's trying to play defense against this. Right. And I, I think if that's the, you know, I'm trying to say four things all at once, <laughs> but that's a really good point that you bring up that, you know, that when Dwight's out there, it slows down a little bit when he's not out there, it picks up a little bit. And so I think the other tendency you'll see in terms of whether Dwight plays or not is whether the Hawks are behind, because if they, they're behind and they need points, then you tend to see Dwight less. Sure. I think that we might see some Paul Millsap at center. Which has been lineups. really good. Yeah, and, and you know, that makes Gortat unplayable. It makes Jason Smith unplayable. Those those guys can't really hang in an offense where Millsap is the center. So I think the the Hawks know that if they go to Millsap at center, that the Wizards pretty much have to use Markeith Morris at center in that kind of a situation. Mm-hmm. Man, I mean, Millsap, uh, although those minutes at center are very limited, whenever he draws that assignment, he's been exceptional. Sure. Yeah, and I, I think the the Hawks win that matchup. I think they'll be stronger as rebounders uh, if if it's Millsap versus Morris down low. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing they can do well. And uh, that's, you know, I don't know that's necessarily something that you want to make your bread and butter, but... You, know, you could play Cephalosha and Prince at power forward. They're both really good rebounders for wing players. If you yeah. shift them over to power forward, I think the Hawks will have a big edge on the glass. For sure. I mean, I mean, what you're talking about here, like we have so many like mix and match com- combinations, and if Coach Bud wants to get cheeky, I think we win the series. Uh, like. I don't think the Wizards are as adaptable as the Hawks can be with their lineup. Like the the Wizards have like the the core offense that they're built around and they don't really change up as much as like we can or they don't have the ability to. It's time to put the podcast on hold for a second. Not just for me, you can do this too. Take a minute and check out today's sponsor, Poli Mortgage Group. Poli Mortgage Group encourages people to shop rates when they're looking to refinance or buy a new home. They have some of the lowest rates in the country and some of the lowest closing costs, too. They'll even give you a quote where they'll credit you money towards the closing costs or cover all of them. Check them out at www.polimortgage.com. That's www.polimortgage.com. Or call 781-232-8000. Make sure to tell them that ATL and 29 sent you to receive a credit of $50 towards your closing costs. Offers cannot be combined with other offers. Poli Mortgages, rates, integrity, service. All licensing information is in the show notes. Poli is an equal housing lender. I'm scared of the the, the Wizards' backcourt, though. <laughs> well, yeah, they're arguably one of the top three backcourts in the NBA, but you know they'll have, they can have their off nights. Yeah, it will. Uh, it will be interesting. All right. So, like I said, I'm I'm scared of that Wizards backcourt. So, if 
the Hawks have said that their starting perimeter players are going to be Schroeder, Tim Hardaway Jr., and Prince. And so in some combination, they're going to have to guard John Wall, Bradley Beal, and Otto Porter. So Mm -hmm. if you were in charge of figuring out who has to go where, how do you assign the defensive matchups on Beal, Wall, and Porter? Oh, man. So that that is a tough question, but I would say out of those three Hawks that you mentioned, I'm going to say Torian Prince is the best defender out there. Okay. So I'd like to see him on John Wall some. And, of course, he's big, so he's going to, you know, maybe make things difficult for him. Bradley Beal tends to shrink, in my opinion, when John Wall's frustrated. So, um Maybe maybe Hardaway's on him, okay. and then and then uh, I'll put Dennis on Otto Porter. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, I think I would. I think I don't I don't know, but I think I would try Schroeder on Wall. Um, not for the whole game, but for that for that combination that they're starting games with. I think I would, and then you know when Baysmore or Cephalosha come off the bench. You know, I might put them on wall for a change of pace look. But then I think I'd put Prince on Beal because he's the better shot creator mm-hmm. out of out of, you know, what's left there. So I think you need Prince's defensive skill there. And then, you know, Hardaway isn't as, as good a defender as Schroeder or Prince. Mm-hmm. I'd put him on Porter, which is tricky because, you know, you know, the thing that Porter does well is he kills help defenders when when they have to help stop the pick and roll. And yeah. that's tough for Hardaway. You know, that's tough for him in a lot of ways to be that help defender. He's not necessarily a natural defender type. And, and then to be put in that role where he's got to make those decisions, I don't think he's necessarily a natural decision maker in that role either. So I yeah. kind of don't like that. But I think the key is going to be that the Hawks – have to figure out a way to do something in pick-and-roll defense without relying on that third defender play after play after play because yeah. Porter showed we'll that he can shredded. kill that in the past. Yeah, we'll get shredded. The one thing that I guess makes me not want to see Dennis on John Wall is, um, you know, it depends on what Dennis we get, but sometimes Dennis will – want to answer a big basket with his own big basket and <laughs> take right. it to the rim or, you know, like he, he'll tend to, he'll tend to not be the ball distributor when he's trying to like prove a point or say, Oh, I can do that too. And that sometimes goes really well for us. Cause you, you know, he'll burn someone and get to the bucket, but other times he'll turn it over <laughs> and uh, we can't turn the ball over. Um, 15 times a game and expect to win. So um, I just don't want to see. I don't want to see bad Dennis. Uh, at right. least not not too early. Yeah, you're gonna have to give him that constant reminder of of oh yeah, you you get a pass a little bit. You got to pass in some of these situations. It's like it's funny though because I was watching. You know, the Hawks tweeted that clip from two years ago where they're like, hey, it's a playoff series against the Wizards. Remember what happened two years ago? And then they showed that clip of yeah, of Horford uh, getting the offensive rebound for the dunk. Right. Well, that was Dennis's miss. Exactly. That's what, that's what, <laughs> that's what shocked me about it. But, you know, 
who were the Hawks going to in that moment? Even two years ago, you know, with the game on the line in yeah, a massive playoff good. series, they they were going to Schroeder there. Yeah. I mean, he's he's kind of a big game player. I kind of like him in the playoffs right. just from the sense of he's got a high ceiling. You know, he, he gets up for the big games, and I think that could serve him well. But at the same time, you have to kind of temper it with, you know, why is he good in big games? Because he's confident. Why is he confident? Because he's skilled. What does he want to do in those big moments? He wants to trust himself, and you yeah. got to remind him, hey, Dennis, trust your teammates. Right. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited to. I'm excited to see him blossom. You know, like he gets a lot of slack, and I, I am a Dennis fan, but there there are times where I'm like, oh, why did you do that? You know. <laughs> so, so there's a there's a little bit of back and forth there, um, but yeah, I'm excited to see him play. I hope he grows. I hope we see um, All Star Dennis next year. Yeah, and uh, you know it could be a good series for him on offense because the Wizards' defense has been kind of a hot mess for a while now. Mm-hmm. I think since the All Star break, their defensive rating is like 111. I'll take I'll take 111 points. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, 111 points per 100 possessions. That's not great NBA defense. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe they can turn it on for the playoffs. But if not, they might not have enough in terms of rim protection to to keep right. somebody like Dennis uh, from getting to the rim a bunch. Mm-hmm. Well, they'll play the foul game then. Oh, yeah. See if we can hit our shots. Right, do you think they're going to do any hack of Dwight? That's an interesting pos- uh, pro- you know, an interesting idea. I wonder, you know, had, when Scott Brooks was in Orlando, did he use that against Dwight? Did they have a playoff matchup with the Rockets in any of those years? It'd be interesting to go back and dig through the archives to see if there was something well, the, like that. Well, the, the Rockets were our Western Conference, so when, and Brooks was coaching the Thunder. And okay. So we're, you know, yeah, if there were any Thunder Rock up, Thunder Rockets matchups in the past few years, it'd be interesting. You could probably get a an idea of whether they would do it or not. But off the top of my head, I don't know. But I think he's kind of shooting well enough. I, th- you know, you look at kind of ebbed and flowed during the season between, you know, he's making them, he's not making them. I thought the last few weeks he started up with that shooting coach again, and it looked pretty good. He's above fifty percent, right? Right. Yeah, he's above fifty yeah. percent. And uh, let me see what he did in April. In April, he was at, you know, 58% after being at 50% in March. So, you know, if he keeps it near that 58% mark, I think uh, I'll take okay. it. Yeah, he dipped into the 40s in February, which is when it would make sense. But if he's at 58, um, I'll take it. Yeah, I think I think he'll be fine in that role. And I, I, you know, even if they do try it, I think he'll make enough that they'll probably stop. I the last few weeks, his free throws have looked pretty good. Yeah. Relatively speaking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can make 58% of my free throws. It's been good for Dwight. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, do you have a prediction for the series? Oh, man. I mean, I don't want to be the on the spot. Oh, you could be a homer. Yeah. You're in the Hawk yeah. sixth man section. We, yeah. can, we can put that like, asterisk on it right now. Every every prediction I've seen has has been has been the uh, the Wizards. So 
I'm going to go with the Hawks, I guess. Like, all my friends at the starters, they all pick the Wizards. And then somebody sent me a um, SB Nation kind of did screenshot. You, did you see the- what the starters said? Because I had people in my Twitter mention saying, oh, did you see what the starters said? And I didn't see it. But I was well, surprised they- that they would come to me with it. They they all picked the they all picked the the wizards in um, six or seven. Were there any so. rationales that stood out? Um, they just said that you can't trust the Hawks, really. You know? <laughs> well, that's true. Yeah, you know we don't know what what team we're gonna get. Are we gonna get that slow team that can't hit any jumpers or free throws, or are we gonna get that like the ball whizzing around flashbacks of 2015 Hawks team, which we've been seeing as of late? There's no telling. So, um, from, from that, I mean, like, look, my job's not on the line predict, predicting these things or being good at, <laughs> good at analyzing basketball. So, you know, I can be a homer, but, um, for some of those other guys, uh, I understand, I understand the wizards pick, but yeah, my friends, uh, some of my friends were on a group text and they sent me the screenshot of some SB nation people choosing, uh, Wizards or Hawks for the series, and um, even Peachtree Hoops picked the Wizards in five, and that's where I draw the line. You can't Uh-oh. do that. <laughs> sure they can. Sure they can. In they five, can, they can also be wrong. I mean, you know, yeah. we'll see. I don't see it going that way, but it might. It's going to be tough. They're going to have to. They're going to have to defend without giving up a lot of threes, and I think that's the biggest thing. If they can do that. They'll be in good shape. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'll say Hawks in seven. I don't, I don't personally want it to go seven games, but I'll say Hawks in seven. No, that's that's sort of where I fit. I mean, I, I think there was an evolution of the Hawks over the course of the season. I think Ilyasova was a big trigger in this. Mm-hmm. Um, but they played a lot of those games against Washington early in the season, and. I think I said this to Ben Standig the other day when, when he had me on his podcast, but you know, when they got Ilyasova, they got a little bit better at doing the switching defense, especially like we said, late in the quarters when Howard was out. And mm-hmm. that's something that's going to be really important against the wizards because it's going to give them an opportunity to play part of the game defensively without yielding as many three point shots. And, you know, if you go back to October, November, I don't think they had that in their repertoire as good as they have it now. And that's going to be something that, that should be very useful against the wizards to help keep guys like Beal and Porter from getting, you know, a, a, uh, all you can eat buffet of threes. Right. And was October, November, our very first seven game losing streak but during well, that time. I don't know if the Wizards were in. I mean, they started off nine. The, the Hawks started off nine and two, and then shortly after, I think they had that seven-game streak, which yeah. was a lot of. You know, it was like across the holidays, and it was across the West Coast trip, so it wasn't. Yeah. You know, it was kind okay. of predictable. I remember looking at the schedule in July, whenever the schedule came up, and saying, "Oh, that's yeah. going to be a bad week," <laughs> and it was a really bad week for the Hawks. Yeah. Well. Yeah, I mean this this team is not the same team that started the season by any means. A um, sure. bunch of new faces, a bunch of like new schemes. So, and the uh, Wizards are better too. I mean, the Wizards had a terrible bench when the Hawks played them, and now they've got a good bench. They've got Jennings and they've got Bogdanovich. That's going to be a different look from what the Hawks saw when they played most of their games against them. So, you know, well, that's the I counterbalance. Hope the tape. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. 
Yeah. But you know, I I like I like our chances. I don't think this is this is definitely not the matchup I wanted to see. But granted, we weren't able to go any higher. Um, that's what we got. So. Uh, so what was the matchup you wanted to see? Um, I wanted Boston first. <laughs> I mean, I really, I I think I like our chances against Boston for whatever reason, mm-hmm. and and you know. They might not say it's a rivalry, but I think it's a rivalry. And I love seeing the best Dennis against the best Isaiah Thomas. And um, there's just a lot of storylines that keep it really interesting. Um, Al Horford, for instance. So there's uh, a lot of like personal interest in a Boston versus Atlanta series. If well, you beat them one year in a row, you know why not a second time? There you go. Yeah. Or we can... <laughs> <laughs> completely different sport but like maybe we could avenge the super bowl a little bit or something oh ow 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 i mean still hurts <laughs> still don't like thinking about it but you know that's there um and whenever we play boston um those uh boston uh journalists they always like to stir up this atlanta's not a sports town kind of thing and i think it just kind of gets everybody in Atlanta a little bit more on edge and a little bit more feisty and excited. And then the games are really fun to go to. So that's true. Um, that, you know, we sell out a Boston versus Atlanta at Phillips arena. I don't know if we sell out a Boston or a DC versus Atlanta series. <laughs> well, if it makes you any feel, feel any better, I don't think DC selling out its end either. Yeah. Okay. There I just you saw the tweet from the wizards. It was like, you know, get your fifteen dollars student ticket that comes with a free Chick Fil A sandwich. So, I'm pretty on sure Sunday. they're they're still angling for that sellout. They're getting Chick Fil A on a Sunday. I think they give them a paper coupon or something. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I have to say, I was, I was, what was the most? I guess it was the Cavs game. I was very curious to find out because, like, for all the big games this season, when they do the the catered media lunch. When it's a big game with a lot of people, they've given us just like the Chick-fil-A, you know, catering box with the Chick-fil-A sandwich that's been sitting there for a couple hours. And I was, they played the Cavs on a Sunday and I'm like, this is the most Chick-fil-A game ever, but it's a Sunday. Are they going to like bring out some boxes from that were cooked yesterday or something? But as it turned out, no Chick-fil-A because it was a Sunday. So what was it? It was like the usual catering, which is pretty good. They put out a couple salads and... You know, some chicken or something like that. It's, it's. I have no complaints for the free food that I get as a, uh, <laughs> as a member of the Atlanta media. Nice, probably better than what my options in the Hawk Walk. Oh well, I don't know. I always, you know, as good as as the free food from the media is, when people walk past me with the pizza, it kind of kills me. Like the, because I have to sit on an aisle, so people are constantly bringing their food past me, and it just kind of yeah. blows by with that whiff. And you know, it's halfway through their third quarter, and you haven't really eaten in three hours. It's like, oh, I want a pizza. Oh man, pizza, <laughs> pizza trumps everything. Oh, wait, I can't say Trump. I can't say that pizza is pizza usually. <laughs> Oh, wow, we're getting giddy. Yeah, we're we, off the rails. We are off the rails on on this podcast. All right, Larry. So am I going to see you tomorrow? Oh, no, wait. It's a road game. It's a road. Am I going to see oh, you Saturday? Okay. So I'll be there Saturday, but get this. So 
obviously the Braves um, started back up at um, SunTrust Park. How should uh, you Last night. So I didn't buy tickets to the game last night, but I was like, I'll go that Sunday to a day game or whatever. So I ended up getting tickets to tomorrow's Braves game okay. at the new stadium. So I'll be going. And unfortunately, the games are going on at the exact same time. So my goal is to get to the stadium early and find a television that will be playing the Hawks game. Wow. <laughs> so I'll be watching the Hawks at the new Braves ballpark, um, maybe even in my Hawks jersey. See, we'll see how, we, um, how I feel when I wake up. But. <laughs> well, very good. We'll enjoy yeah. that game. I hope you get some good weather. Thank Thanks. you for, uh, for coming on the podcast again. I appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. I'll come find you at the game on um, Saturday. All right, sounds good, man. Thanks for having me. Have a good one. All righty, bye. And thanks to today's sponsor, Poli Mortgage. Poli Mortgage's rates and integrity service.